Hello everyone and welcome to this special podcast brought to you by Accounting Web and Zero. Today we're looking at advisory versus compliance, the battle for accountancy souls. So the advisory compliance divide is much discussed, but where did it originate and can you really separate the two in 2019? So we're going to be looking at how this split came about look at the how technology has affected it and ask if it is still valid in accountancy in 2019 and joining me is a special panel to discuss this uh, first of all from the aforementioned zero it's damon anderson hi damon hi john and joining us is mark telford from telford accountants hi mark hi tom yeah nice to have you here and uh, also joining us is della hudson hello tom Fantastic. Right. So everyone's here. Uh, let's kick off. Um, I'm going to start with you, Damon, if I may. Uh, Damon, can you just, first of all, I guess we define our terms. Can you define the difference between advisory and compliance for us? Sure thing, Tom. Like, I think um, I think first and foremost, like, you know, we, we work with a lot of different practices. And I think like, the, the first thing to say is like one size doesn't fit all. There are lots of different firms. Uh, that have uh, both compliance and advisory and how you want to define that. Um, but we undertook some research and we um, we released a book last year, the Paysetters book, and broadly what we saw were three big themes. There was the compliance model, which is really about, you know, highly repeatable services, things that uh, are around like complying with government law, effectively staying out of jail, I guess, uh, and, and staying compliant. Uh, there are firms that specialise in, in that. There are also firms that specialise in what we call simple advisory. So this is really about um, taking a using real-time insights and looking to provide an update view over the future of the of the company. So that's where things like cash flow forecasting, budgeting come into play. And then we saw this uh, this group of complex advisory, and this is this is kind of builds on top of simple advisory, but takes it another step further. And this is really around. Um, oftentimes larger firms or boutique firms that are really focused on growth and focus on helping uh, businesses specialise in, in, um, in particular verticals or particular sectors, specialise in technology um, or specialise in helping grow the business and create better outcomes for the business. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Damon. Um, Della, you uh, ran until recently ran your own practice and, and you've had experience in industry as well. But uh, in, in, in terms of advisory and compliance from a sort of boots on the ground perspective um obviously research like damon mentioned has to sort of uh, put things into into the sort of buckets that, that damon mentions is it that simple from a practice perspective as always the real situation is much more complex um so yes you've got the different types from compliance to the business consultancy it's much more of a spectrum though and I just think it's very important that the practitioner and the client both know what they're providing and what they're receiving in return. So lay out the rules of engagement ahead of time. And then people can make up their own mind if you're the accountant for them or if they need to go elsewhere for those services or if they're paying for services they won't use. Fantastic. And Mark, you run your own practice after years as an, uh, as an, as an FD on the industry side. Uh, what's, what's your opinion on this? I think an awful lot of it depends on the mindset of the accountant and also their background. So I would say the traditional accountant who's always worked in practice 
and has always been focused on providing a compliance-based service, I think to an extent they will struggle to provide advisory services, particularly the complex advisory that Damon was talking about. Whereas I think if you have an accountant who has what I'll call real life commercial experience, experience of working in a business, then they will be able to apply what they've learned there into providing services for their clients. And it's very much what services do your clients want and are you able to provide those? Great. I'm going to stick with you, Mark, if I may, for my next question. Um, can you define a firm as an advisory or compliance based on their service lines? No, I'd say it's based on mindset. It, it's really got to be your approach. Now, if you think of yourself as running an accountancy practice, then I think you'll struggle. But if you look at yourself as though you're running a business, then you're going to be far more tuned in to what your business owner clients want from you in terms of the services, the support and the advice you can provide. Interesting. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Um, Della, uh, in terms of sort of performance metrics that, that, that you should be measuring, so if you, if you decide you are uh, an, an advisory firm or if you, if you want to move more towards advisory, what sort of things should you be looking at measuring um, in your practice? you move to some quite different metrics it's much less time-based it's more about value that you can provide to the client Um, you need to look at making sure you've got the relevant training the relevant connections where you need to make introductions for specialist services I always say that you know I can provide the first level of advice on a broad range of subjects but beyond that I need to give you an expert So it's building your own network, your own connections, or getting that expertise in-house. Okay, thank you, Della. Um, Damon, you must uh, see a fair bit of uh, sort of firms moving from one one model to the other. Um, What what sorts of metrics in in your experience are they they, they broadly looking at? So I think overall, um, you know, uh, as Mark said right at the start, right, they have to think about their, their practice as a business and look at it from profit perspective for sure. But if you split that out, like um, it does ultimately boil down to, you know, um, sub-metrics. And so from compliance, like it's about being efficient and it's about like, you know, if you want to grow your business, you can add more clients. You can you can look at the metrics that drive efficiency in the practice at a time spent on a, on a per job basis. And advisory is really, you know, like there's a lot more, there's a lot of opportunity in the market, untapped opportunity. So this is about really growing that client base. It's about upsell and retention of the customer. Um, and, you know, driving them to take more uh, services from you. Um, but I think also one of the other things uh, that you're seeing in with technology-enabled practices is actually people. So rather than necessarily, um, you know, having people leave a firm, um, you, can, you can have happier staff because they're using good technology and they are, uh, they're doing really meaningful things that are helping their customers. So happier staff, hiring more staff, um, and spending more time with the customer and working on their needs. So I think people's a really important metric that um, we're seeing um, really progressive practices uh, look at more and more often. Okay, thank you, Damon. I'll pop over to you, um, Della, if I may. Um, does the type of firm you want to be uh, affect the type of staff you hire and the way you train them? Yes, it definitely does. We used to recruit for customer service skills. They need to be reasonably numerate, but the software these days does all the the heavy lifting. 
Um, Zero can produce all the basic numbers with with a bit of guidance from the account staff. So it's training people to speak to the clients, to understand the business, to spot the opportunities where we can help them. And it's communication is the real key. And it's having the client's best interests always at the front of that. And so we we offer a, a brilliant service and then charge handsomely for it. Fantastic. Um, moving on then, uh, in terms of new technology, so I, I think we are going through a sort of period of unprecedented sort of technological change. The cloud has, has changed the equation completely here. So, um, Mark, I'll, I'll come to you first here. So, in terms of new technology like bank feeds, AI, etc., how much is this changing the equation between advisory and compliance? I think it's completely changing it. So if, if you looked back to 10 or 15 years ago and the whole focus of an accountant service provided to his clients was based on the year end and then just hitting those compliance deadlines, whereas now with real-time information, you have the genuine ability to provide services all year round, which are timely based on where the business is at that point in time. So... Everything there is providing us with an opportunity to provide additional services to clients. And it all stems from just having a conversation with the client, find out how things are, find out what their difficulties are, what they're looking to achieve. And you'll just naturally find that opportunities come for you to be able to provide more services. Great, thanks, Mark and Damon. As a as the technologist in the uh, in the on the panel, um, I'm sure you've got opinions on this as well. Yeah, totally. I mean, uh, completely agree with Mark's point earlier about you know like um, accounts in in industry have really um, you know uh, lived the dream, I guess, of advisory. And I think what we're seeing in practice now is um, the democratization of technology. So you're seeing. You know, businesses and accounting practices get actually better technology than you would get in a large enterprise. Uh, and so that technology is driving all sorts of opportunities. And so from a compliance perspective, you know, uh, tools like bank feeds and uh, HubDoc and automation, bank reconciliation based on live data is, is completely changing the, the way you can account for transactions, historical transactions. And then obviously applying things like AI and machine learning and all the all the good buzzwords, but uh, that automation to to advisory is the next wave, and we're seeing a huge amount of this in the moment with, you know, um, companies like Futurely and and Spotlight and uh, and and Fluidly and the like, where who are applying this technology to help support uh, looking looking forward into a business, as, uh, you know, future prospects and, and and where they're heading rather than where they've been. So, um, you know, it's a really, uh, there's, there's opportunities that technology is presenting, whether you're a compliance-centric firm or whether you, uh, you you see an opportunity to branch out into this, this advisory space. So it's pretty exciting, regardless of which type of practice you are. Great. Thank you, Damon. And uh, some firms, those firms who've made their names on the sort of compliance factory model, um, as it were, of, of, of tax returns and stat accounts, and then sort of... Uh, how do you think they're going to be affected, Mark? Yeah, Tom, I think there is always going to be a place for compliance services. And especially because there is a certain client type that is always going to buy services based on price. So these will typically be non-complex type businesses such as freelancers and contractors. But I think ultimately that will start to 
reduce because there will be downwards pressure on fees, particularly from those firms that are looking to provide advisory services, because in some cases they'll be providing the compliance aspects, the services extremely cheap, and perhaps in some cases free. Wow. Okay. Thank you, Mark. Um, so there, there are, more than once I've, I've sat in a room of accountants where people are telling me that people aren't going to pay for advice. They aren't. You know, they just want their tax returns. They just want their accounts done. Um, is advice what clients really want and how can an accountant um, prove to demonstrate the, the value they're adding? I think every client wants advice. It's whether they're prepared to pay for it is the uh, big differentiator. So we used to run um, quarterly events on generic business advice and anybody could come along to those free of charge. So that's how we were able to give advice to those who didn't want to pay. But also it was our marketing tool for those who wanted to see if we were any good as business advisors. So I, I think you do need to demonstrate your expertise and we always invited one of our partners along to um, speak on their particular of expertise, be that um, marketing, sales, purchasing, legal, whatever. So we, we were always able to show what we could do and our partners as well, either with us or independently. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Well, um, I'm afraid time is against us. So before we wrap up, um, it, uh, perhaps if we could have a top tip, as it were, for uh, an accountant listening to this podcast to, to perhaps take away, uh, regardless of where they are in their, in their sort of compliance advisory journey. Sorry to use that word. Um, uh, Mark, can, do you want to go first? Yeah, I, th- I think the main thing is you have to talk to your clients. You have to find out what they want. And ultimately, I think it always boils down to, you know, we're all running a business because we want to achieve something and that's personal goals. So we have to, I always approach it and say to business owners, look, whatever your personal goals are, your business is there to help you achieve them. And and in that way, you, you can really sort of, turn that light bulb on and get those clients to recognize that there is more to what an accountant can do than just do accounts and tax returns. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Mark. Um, Della, final tip from you? I would say the accountant, the business owner, needs to make up their own mind where they personally want to sit on that compliance to business consultant spectrum. Everybody will make their own choice based on what they want to do and what they're able to do. And I think there's room for everybody. The one thing I would say is don't sit in the middle giving valuable business advice and not charging for it. So, of course, drip out bits, but make sure you charge for the real stuff. Fantastic. And I will leave uh, the last words to uh, Damon Anderson from Zero. Damon, what's your top tip? So just, um, I'd say building on uh, the advice and data remark, I think uh, being being clear on who you, who you want to be and where you want to go, um, there's plenty of room for compliance and there's plenty of room for advisory and they'll both coexist. Um, there's, a, there's a long runway for compliance with making tax digital on the horizon. So um, so be really clear on where you want to be, as, as the other guys have said, and uh, recognise that there is technology that can support you on any part of that journey, whether that is compliance through automation, 
um, and efficiency gains, or that's advisory through you know uh, looking into uh, cash flow forecasting and 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 helping look forward in the business. So um, recognise that there's technology that can support you on any any part of that journey. But I guess I would say that. Nicely done, David. Yeah, <laughs> great. Well, um, that's that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you so much to Mark, Della, and Damon for their time. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Zero for supporting this podcast for all technology news uh, from the world of accounting. We're accountingweb.co.uk. Hope to see you on the site soon. Bye for now.